I just want to tell you, I, have, I don't know if I've told you this or not, but I am so excited and honored to be your pastor. It's been a, it's been a few weeks. Uh, I'm glad I didn't come up here and say, we're going to have to have a different discussion. No. Uh, <laughs> I, as I was sitting and resting in the Bible this week, I, I, I just wanted you guys to know that. I felt that uh, I, have, I have not even gotten to know many of you. I've only been here, uh, you know, I'm figuring things out, and I've gotten to know some of you, and I, I, I want to get to know you all. There's not one of you that I'm trying to avoid. There's nothing like that. I want to have conversations with you. I want to pursue that relationship with you, and I, I hope you do as the same with me. So feel free to come talk to me. Feel free to, if you want to set up a time, uh, I know in the, in the future, I'm even going to set out blocks for just times to get to know uh, each and every one of you, not just, uh, just here at the church, but your life, your story, and, and be together. So I, I just wanted you guys to know that, hear that, and I'm so excited where God has continued to lead, lead us, and, but more importantly, lead me in my life. And so uh, just thank you for your acceptance, and um, I'm you know, just a couple weeks ago, it's just loving cleaning up trees here. So I'm all in. I was, I, I, some of you don't know this, but right before service, uh, my, my wife is amazing. I had a huge splinter in my uh, finger, and uh, I didn't realize it throughout the day. I knew it hurt, but then right before service, it's like it was starting to like bubble up a little bit. And I looked in there, and there was a huge splinter in there, and I was like, I am fully indoctrinated into this church. Like, we are, we're all in now. And so that's as much pain as I can handle. Now, uh, so my wife came, and we got, we got the tweezers and got it out. Uh, but the behind-the-scenes stories of, uh, of life. Um, the last couple of weeks have uh, been fun, but they've also been very, I would say, very theological topics. Very big process of God loving us. <laughs> what that all entails. How do we love God? Uh, it's, it's great topics to talk on. It's great material. I could talk a lot longer on it. Uh, but this week, and I, the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to say, I think are a little bit more practical, a little bit more how we can live this out. I, the reason why I, because the Bible says to love God and then love others. And I do not, I'm not adding to it, but the reason why I did this topic we're going to talk about tonight and the, the future, because I think it's important, is to know God and God know me, is it goes in part of loving God because I believe that we as a society have lessened the word love. We have made that word like what I talked about, like we love tacos, <laughs> like do you love tacos? Like, that's, that's great and all, but are you willing to sacrifice? Are you committed to it? What are you? And I want to give the right relevant or the right reverence, the right dignity, the right perspective of loving God properly. And I think part of that is what we're going to talk about today is to know God and what that leads to. Before we begin, let me, let me pray and let us pray together that God would speak to your heart and that God would be able to use these words in the scripture to move us forward. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the time together this week. But right now, I, I pray for each one's heart right now as that they'll continue to hear from you as they've done their studies throughout the week or whatever, that they consistently connect to you. And may that be, may whatever happens today glorify your name. And I just thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. One of my favorite quotes is by D.L. Moody. He says this. He says, I never saw a useful Christian who was not a student of the Bible. Let Let me repeat that. I never saw a useful Christian who was not a student of the Bible. I'm going to jump right in. The first point today is study scripture, just don't read it. Or don't just read it. We need to be studying scripture. We need to not just read the Bible, but understand what the Holy Scripture is trying to say. Trying to understand what it's saying in its culture, the Jewish culture. What's it trying to say in today's culture? What, how am I applying it to my life? We cannot add or subtract from Scripture, and that's what sometimes we love to do. Uh, I like getting the verse of the day, but sometimes the verse of the day, you can make it really what you want. I always use this, and I've used this all the time. Jesus wept. Okay, what do you weep about? Like, why was he crying? Was he crying because he couldn't raise Lazarus? Was he crying because he thought people didn't trust? There's more context to it. Does that mean people are like, does that mean we're supposed to be emotional? Like, you can take scripture and read it and implement it how you want if you read it incorrectly. And that's why I'm really focusing on studying scripture. I, I dig, and there's many scriptures, but I, I dug into 2 Timothy 2.15. So if you want to open up your Bibles, we're going to be looking at 2 Timothy 2.15 today. It says this, my version, or the, I think mine was ESV, but if you might have the NIV, similar stuff, but it says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. So when you first look at, we're going to look through this, um, this verse. It says, be diligent. I, lo- I love this commentary when it says, what, what's it mean to be diligent? It denotes zealous persistence in accomplishing a goal. There is a persistence there, when you are being diligent, you are being zealously persistent to accomplish this goal. Well, what, are you, what, what goal are you trying to accomplish? Itself to present yourself approved as God's workman. Okay? So you are being challenged to be a workman. I love the word workman here. It goes, the Bible is a treasure that must be invested into and guarded 
but like workmen, a workman's is like the tools of building, measuring, and repairing people of God. So the quote that I use from a commentary is uh, Waresby says this about workmen. The preacher and teacher who use the word correctly will build their church the way God wants it to be built. But a careless worker will handle God's word deceitfully in order to make it say what he wants it to say. Each of us are one of God's workmen when we're looking at the Bible. And each of us, as God's workmen, will either be approved or ashamed of it. The word approved means one who has been tested and found acceptable. So when you're talking up here, when we're looking at the verse, it says, to present yourself approved to God as a workman. You've been tested in how you handle Scripture, to handle it correctly, properly. And each trial that we go through forces us to study the Word of God to find God's will. When the Lord judges our work, it will be revealed whether we as workmen have handled the word of God honestly and carefully or not. I will tell you, one of the main reasons why I did not click to apply at 1159 for the job of pastor is having to handle this correctly, this properly. There is a weight there. And I want that weight to be on you too. We are all called. We are all called to carry this weight. But I just want to be honest of the weight. That's why we're supposed to, when we decide to follow Christ, we have to weigh the cost. We are weighing the weight of it. We are not just weighing, well, I I want to pick this part out. I like this part of the Bible, this part. You know, Jesus not going to hell is a really good part of the Bible. I really dig that. That whole not lying, that whole helping other people, you know, I'm not as big of a fan. Like, that's not what we're called to do. But we have to be diligent and be deliberate when we dig into it, to handle it properly, to know it in its full context, to be a workman. The verse ends up by saying, it says, who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. And the word of truth is this, is handling the word of truth properly. And more importantly, the gospel, the gospel. And, and I'm telling you, that, that is my goal. And I know many other people in this church as well. We are to be workmen in how we dig and understand this. I do want to tell you about a story because I know some of you read a lot and some maybe are challenged by it of like the, well, I, I read the chapter and I, I don't want us to get into this like, well, I read a chapter, I'm good. I read five minutes. I, this sort of takes it away. Are we studying it? There was a, a man in Kansas City. This happened a while ago. Um, he was in a house explosion. It basically tore his face all apart. He lost both of his hands in the explosion. There was a long healing process. And as the healing process began, um, it's a funny story that 
right before the explosion, he became a Christian. And he wanted to read the Bible. Well, at that time, like, we didn't have, we're not just, today you can put on a podcast, you have, on your phone, you got the Bible. Back then, they didn't, it's not really any audio, you know, unless someone came and read, but the person wanted to read the Bible themselves. And they heard of a story of this lady in England that could read by, with Braille on their lips. So he took that and started, but to his dismay, as he was trying to read the Bible and read, learn Braille first, read it, he had no feeling on his lips, crushed. Some time passed, and he kept trying, trying to learn. And then at one day, his tongue hit, hit it, and he could feel it. He could feel it and could feel the braille, mark it. He knew now that he could train himself to learn to read the Bible. And as of, I believe it's 10 to 12 years ago, was the, uh, was the last updated, he had read the Bible four times. The persistence of wanting to know God's word. A lot of times... I know myself, I, am, I, am I seeking God's word that much? Am I seeking it where I can feel it on my tongue? I know it. I can taste it. It oozes off of me. When you, when you do this, this is a challenge. This is a challenge when you have to know, are you pursuing God to study it? Or are you just doing it as a checklist? I got my reading in. I'm off to live today. Are you studying it to know it? I say a lot of times is woe to me. <laughs> woe to me on the days where I take it for granted. There's another story, and this I'll make quick. Um, I, I heard it from a pastor, and he basically said that they were sneaking Bibles in to Muslim territories for people to grasp just the New Testament. And when they would grab the Bible, they would tears would be coming down their, their face and their hands, like just, it's all over, because they have the Word of God. I don't want us as Americans where we have, each one of us have probably one, two, three in your, your house to, to miss it, to miss it. This is, oh, don't miss it. Seek it, study it. Pursue it. And if you are, keep on keeping on. And if you are, implement it into your life. Don't just study for head knowledge. Don't just tell people to love other people. Go love other people. Don't tell other people, oh, give money to this cause. You give money to this cause. That's right. Thanks, girl. You keep on implementing it into your life. I, I should move on by now, but one of my, I just find the word amazing. Uh, I don't know if any of you know this, and I'm not promoting this person whatsoever, but it shows the power of God. His, na- his name is Jordan Peterson. If you don't know him, he's one of the top psychologists in the, in, in the world, just very, very smart. Um, 
I, he, at this point, a few years ago, decided to do a Bible study and teach on the whole, uh, the beginning Genesis and Exodus without the spirituality part about it. No supernatural, just wanted to talk about the brilliance of the Bible in a like written sense and the impl- implements people today. So he, he's reading the Bible, though. He's studying it. And you know what? The Bible does some awesome work. Because you can try to take the supernatural out. You can try to put it in your own. But the more you read, the more you study, the Bible starts to affect you and change you. He didn't have a conversation with John. He didn't have a conversation with a bunch of pastors. He just started reading the Bible. And if you asked him today, his only hang-up, and he is right on the edge, is did Jesus really rise from the dead? Because he's actually everything else. If you ask him if he's a Christian, he's like, he would probably say yes. He just doesn't know if the, the last thing. But think about where he began. He didn't even think there was any supernatural at all, that God's not real. God's just like, it's a story. And now God has led him all to here. And I, you know there's a bunch of stories of people just reading the Bible and finding salvation. There is power in this. It's not the power of, oh, if I said the magic words, or if I said this conversation to this people, it is right here. It is right here, and we need to pursue that and seek that and help hold this up more than you hold myself up or anyone else. This is what is important. I left a little bit of spaces because I, I wanted to give you a few other verses if you wanted to write these down, just if you wanted to study this on your own. These are just some verses about just the study of it, of it and reflecting and sitting. Uh, one is Psalms 119, 15 through 16. That's Psalms 119, 15 through 16. It says, I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your words. And, and read around it. Just don't read that verse. Read around it. Pursue it. Proverbs 4, 10 through 13. It's another verse. Ephesians 6 through 17. That's Ephesians 6 through 17. And then Ezra 7 through 10. And one other is Luke 1, 37. I love that one. I love that one. Did I knock my mic out? Sorry, I got excited. Uh, Luke 1, 37 says, For no word from God will ever fail. I just, I love that. So in point one, study scripture. Don't just read it. Let's jump into point number two today. Practically, being a practical step. Wait. Be silent in your prayers. Wait. Be silent in your prayers. We like to tell God how to live our lives. Silence prayers gives room for God to shape us and use us. If you go to Lamentations 3, 25 through 26, we're going to sit there for a little bit.
It's up on the screen as well, but you can highlight it in your Bible if you want to. It says this, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the person who searches for Him. It is good to hope and wait patiently for the Lord's salvation. It is the Lord is good to those who hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good, is good is uh, referenced twice here. In the following verse, it says it is good as well, but I want to focus here. It's used, it means uh, above all that which expresses God's will and purpose. The Lord is good like it. It's his will, his purpose, for those who wait for him. There is the, accept, the acceptance of God's timing and God's will. Faith expresses itself in quiet hope and the learning of discipline. So Jeremiah right now is talking right now to his people, and he's talking to God, and he's, uh, Jeremiah says, and he's processing in this session, the character of God. So to tell the story, Jeremiah is processing the character of God, and he realizes that the best thing for he and his people to do right now is wait patiently and silently on the Lord, to do what the Lord wants to do in his timing. And the reason why Jeremiah can do this, and the reason why we need to, is because Jeremiah trusts God. Jeremiah knows God. He could not do this if he didn't know God, his character, because he knows a few things about God. He knows that God is faithful. He knows that God is good. He knows God. he's a God of mercy, a God of love. How many times when we go through a situation, we forget who God is, and we have to handle it on ourselves? We forget that God is good. It's like, how dare you, God, put me in this situation? doesn't take long to put the blame on God instead of the praise on God. And the reason why I know that is because I'm in the same boat. When you know God, you know who God is. That doesn't mean God, we talked about this, that does not mean God is a genie. Like for your wishes and your demands. I found it really interesting. I think I heard even someone saying outside, it's like, oh, I, I prayed for rain this week. Well, I know that there are some other people probably did not pray for rain this week. So which one wins out? Like the team that prayed more? Like, that's, we're judging that in human terms. That has become a human thing. Like, if we know God is good, we can rest in his goodness. We, need, we can pray for that and be the, uh, with that. That, that is the wrestling with God, but we need to know that God is God and he's power over all. I didn't write this one down, but another one I just wanted to rest on because I love it is Psalms 46.10. Because it's one that we hear a lot. It says, he says, be still and know that I am God. Okay, mo uh, most of us have at least heard that. And it says... Uh, that's Psalms 46, 10, uh, if you're writing that down. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. So still is used. There's different words of Greek. And uh, some is 
cease striving and know that I am God. Let go and know that I am God. There's other, but be still. But there's one thing that I think sometimes we, we, we need to know is that we need to not panic. We need to know and rest in God's sovereignty. That we need to cease striving for what we want and really strive for what God wants. And that is to let God do what he needs to do. What I love here too is I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. God's doing something really cool here. He is one. He's giving peace to those who follow him. And basically he's calling out all the other nations. He's like, peace to you. But if you ain't with me, <laughs> you, there ain't peace. There, there is something. And you know what? We can rest in that today. God is still exalted above all the nations. He is still exalted above all the earth. No matter where we're at right now, no matter if you think America is going down the wrong path or not, God is still high and lifted up and he is on the throne and he is in charge. And too many times I think when we come up to something, we try to handle it and we forget who, who really is in charge. And that is the Lord of Lords. A practical thing, and I love this quote. It's always struck me. Um, um, I heard it from Robbie Gallaty, and he heard it from someone else. So I, I, I tried to find the original quote, but it did stick with me because it says, All of man's problems stem from the fact that of man's inability to sit in a room quiet, alone, by himself, with his thoughts. Let me read that. All of man's problems stem from the fact of man's inability to sit in the room quiet, alone, by himself, with his thoughts. And what I take from that is the world is winning by keeping us busy. Busy. We're busy even in our prayer life. We're busy in, and I'll tell you this, when I grew up, and I'm not that old, not that old, and I know some of you are a little bit older than me, you remember when Sundays shops were closed? You remember on Wednesday nights there was no sporting events, no band concerts, nothing? Because I know, because we didn't have any sporting events. You know, and this is what I, I think Satan does a really good job, and evil does a really good job. It doesn't come at you with anything really huge. It's the small stuff. Sports in of themselves are not a bad thing. But let's, but let's replace Sunday. Let's replace Wednesday. Let's fill up the time. Let's fill up the time. Band, music, in and of itself, not bad. We can have band practice Wednesday night. This is not about Sunday, and I'm not talking about, this is not about church thing. This is about the busyness, because all of a sudden now, you can go, go all around the country. What's going on right now? Soccer tournaments, Sunday. There's basketball tournaments, Sunday. There's all this stuff, because it is now replacing that time. In and of itself, not bad, but it is pulling away from time with God. 
Wednesday night. I, it's pulling away. It's not about, this is not about Sunday or whatever, but it's about looking at your own life and asking, what is pulling me away from God? What is pulling you? I'll, I'll word it this way. When's the last time you've been on your knees in front of God? When's the last time you cried in front of God? When's the last time that you prayed for salvation of someone? When's the last time you just sat and decided, I'm going to wait for you, God, to do what you do because you know my heart. I'm going to sit here with you and let you shape me. Because all of a sudden, you notice the conversation turned because it was like, God, I want to save people. I want to do this to God shape me. We need to be shaped by God. We might have ideas and things, and that God might have put that on our heart, but we have to be willing to be shaped by God. I'll, show you, I'll tell you one of my biggest regrets ever. I remember to it this day. I was in Macy's. Yes, shopping at Macy's. I walked by, and there was this lady in this wheelchair, and someone got pushed by. And got pushed and was pushing and I had been praying for God to use me. And on my heart, and I, had, I, and I was on my heart, and I was doing what I was preaching. I had been silenced. I had been silenced. And I, I have been, God, use me. Use me. Doing it. I was in a good, I felt like a good rhythm of waiting on the Lord. And God told me to go pray for her. Just go pray for her. I didn't. You can know all the information and still not do it. I regret that to this day. It's, it's ingrained. It's years, years ago. I challenge you not to miss it like I did. To be open to what God wants you to do. If you are silent and you trust in God and you wait on God, God will talk. But the more and more you, if you would do that consistently, the Holy Spirit's like that volume just gets turned down. The Holy Spirit is saying, do this, do this. And all of a sudden you stop listening. It's like the volume just gets less and less. And then we get busier and busier, and we start to say, no, this would be good for us. This would be good for us. I challenge you to wait and be silent in your prayers. A couple of verses that you can also write down here are Psalms 37 7, Mark 1 35. In Psalms 27, 14. They range from being silent in the Lord's presence and wait patiently for him. A lot of times when people hear wait, they're like, oh, the, I'm just not going to do anything. That's not, that's not it at all. 
You're waiting for the power of God to do something. And if you're obedient, he's going to do something. If God is faithful, he's always going to be faithful. Here's the thing. The problem has never been with God. The problem has never been with God. I took part of it. Uh, this was a, an interesting uh, week because I had the next point. The next point was going to go through. Um, and this week was interesting because I had noticed, and this is the other part about when you study the scripture, you, you have the convictions of what God challenges you on. So before I had taken this pastoral job, my, my waiting was a lot better. I can fill up time really quick now. I can be very busy. And this is not an excuse. This is nothing like that. But this week, I just found myself not listening to even worship music or nothing, just having it off, finding my time. And then God, all of a sudden, just being like, so the next point, I'll give you, it's a tease, but we're not going to go through it this week. It's no Jesus. It's no Jesus. <laughs> and God put it on my heart. It goes, you cannot explain this in 12 to 14 minutes. <laughs> he can't do it. And that, that's hard for someone like me that has things, this is how we're going to do it. And you know, I'm not making this up. I love the fact that God is working on me even now. Like challenging me, making me, because I want to do my best. I want to be prepared. I want all this kind of stuff. And God says, who's in charge? Is it me or is it you? And that was the challenge this week. Do you wait on me? Do you wait for me to do what I need to do? Do you study me? Do you, uh, just a very good, solid week. So that's the tease for next week. So read up on knowing Jesus. I want you to read all the red letters, all of them, because I'm going to quiz you. No, uh, but that's the, that's the tease. But I want you to go and know, even as me, as the challenge is, is we all need to wait upon the Lord. And that challenge as you go out this week, study the scripture. Study it. Don't just do the check mark. Enjoy being in it. Write your questions down. If you have questions, that's good. It's a wrestling. It's a digging in. It's okay. We're all at different areas and levels. I have questions of stuff. And other people have questions of stuff. And that's why we get together and we talk. And I love it. I challenge you that. Study. And then wait on God. Pray. As you can tell, there's another kind of, there's prayer, there's communication but I think so many times we forget the silence part of waiting for God and being with God. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. But before, we come, before I start praying, I'm going to give us 30 seconds of silence. You don't think 30 seconds is long, but when you've got two kids in the room, it's going to be a while. <laughs> See if we can make it. Uh, but I want you for, it might just start with this way, for 30 seconds, but I want you to, Wait on the Lord. Put stuff at his feet. Then we'll pray, and the, band, uh, the band's going to come up, and they're going to lead us in a worship song. Let's pray.
There any Father, I, I come to you and thank you for who you are. And I thank you for your power and your mercy, your grace, your love. I know today, speaking, is, there's not anything rocket science. But I love that you gave it that we need to study the word well. And then live it out, implement it in our lives. May, may we continue to do that. And also, may we be silent with you. May we rest in you. May we know you when, when things don't go right or wrong or, or if they're good. May we rest in you so that we can bring glory to your name. Not our name, but your name. I thank you for this time together to worship as a community of believers to, to glorify your name. And as we sing, may, may you continue to work on our hearts. May we continue to wrestle with how to live for you. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.